Antifada Productions presents our off and on premium content delivery of the wackiest, weirdest, and most fun corners of the bizarre left. This is called Real Posadist Hours. Y'all get ready. It's real nigga hours all day, yeah, oh, around. Yeah. Real oh, niggas yeah. in the band of women, bricks dusting down pounds. So you guys usually do real tanky hours, but UFOs are basically really cool tanks. So this week it's going to be real Posadist hours. And this is a text called On the Function of the Joke and Irony in History, uh, which I found in the Senate House Libraries in London in the J. Posadist collection. This is, as far as I know, never been published. Uh, it seems like a text that he sent to his team and they never decided to publish it in any of the newspapers. Were and, they um, perhaps embarrassed, uh, or it was just not that important? I, it's hard to imagine that they'd be embarrassed. Uh, it's a great text. <laughs> okay. Um, so we're going to read it, uh, but first I want to quote something from David Douglas, who was part of the Revolutionary Workers' Party Trotskyist, which was the British section of the Fourth International Posadist. This is from his memoirs. It's a little bit about um, Posadist's writing and how they translated it. He says, quote, the word of Posadas was so pure it wasn't allowed to be translated literally from Spanish to English, and it became Spangle, utterly meaningless in English. We sold oceans of newspapers like this. In Spain, the word for white collar is stiff collar, so Posadas is translated literally, and from everywhere comes cries of, what the fuck's a stiff collar? <laughs> the party got into the habit of never questioning what a sentence meant. Just translate it and print it. So keep that in mind. As we're reading this, this is something that the British section actually did translate. Fascinating. Uh, this is from uh, 81876. Oh, and, and we're just going to go around and read it like uh, each person reads a paragraph or whatever? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, sure. Like a Passover? Mm-hmm. All right. This is our Haggadah. Yeah, this is our Haggadah. And just so folks know, um, in true uh, real blank hours fashion, uh, Jamie and I and uh, Comrade Communicator uh, are encountering this document for the first time. So all of our responses will be in real time. Should we start with Comrade Communicator? Oh, yes, certainly. Let us begin our Seder. When the Bolsheviks had no bullets, it never occurred to them to be sad. They were preoccupied to concentrate their attention, but none of them were sad. There was no irony. The irony of Lenin with Trotsky was aimed directly to impel Trotsky to move Trotsky. There were still relations of the first historic experiences. Today, now it is no longer like this. Now they would not discuss in this way. Absurd to discuss like this. There exists now the security in socialism, the experience which has been made. Wow. And did you say the title of the thing? Oh, yes. On the function of the joke and irony in history, or jokes, what's the deal with that? Redacted (laughs) by A.M. Andy. Yeah, so there's this use of irony here, like, right off the get, and I think that makes sense because... Because people are constantly asking Posadists if they're for real. Right, right. And, That's and ironic. Like like rain on... on uh, never mind. <laughs> well, one of the... I think there was a uh, Polish poet who once said that, um, uh, what is it, irony is the glory of slaves, which is a uh, very fancy and I think beautiful way of saying that... Um, Twisting words and twisting meanings uh, means that you're not creating your own meanings. So I, that just jumped out at me right off the bat. Someone also said, if someone who commits a felon is a felony, then is God an iron? Ah. Who um, was that person, and where could I find him? Uh, find them so I could punch them in the nose? <laughs> uh, it was from an aim away message, as I recall. Uh, so I think the, the question of irony is really interesting. Uh, like we had Chapo on last week. Um, they're well, part of this bros. Kind of, yeah, like, and they actually did a, an interview last week with Richard Wolf as well, talking about why their humor was so effective and so resonant right now. And they say that it's because 
basically humor in general ha- has like recently been the sort of conflict between the good guy liberals versus the bad guy conservatives mm. and they're the first ones who are actually taking on liberalism from the left mm. um, and what Passas is going to talk about in a funny about, way right because yeah. certainly leftists have been complaining about <laughs> right. liberals for many a year yeah. but this is like very quickly made it into the mainstream where there's a lot of writing about it. There's a profile in The New Yorker. Uh, and as Posadas goes into in this text, irony comes from this kind of class conflict mm. where things are increasingly absurd and there needs to be jokes about it. Mm. Or, like, the way I see it, like, all this uh, all this nihilistic millennial humor that we've been talking about, you know, like, where it, instead of saying, like, oh, wow, she's really hot, they'll say, like, wow, I would really love for her to cut me into pieces and eat me, like, uh, or, or, or the Tide Pod stuff. It's like, the way I see it, it, it's it's very Jewish, right? If I may bring uh, my heritage into this. Cultural Marxism. Uh, right, pretty like, sure that's the heritage of like, most of the people in this room. Like, so, why, yeah. do we, why do we develop irony in the first place? It's because, like, everything's fucked, and the only way we can keep from crying about it is to laugh about it. I, I want to interject here. So this line uh, that uh, there was no irony uh, during the Russian Revolution. Uh, first of all, have you ever met a Russian? You must have. You're Argentinian. Uh, you've met Russians, and my God, a lot of them are Russian Jews going to the Argentine, right? That's there, right. Is, there is Russian Jews in his party, for sure. I know. So, so where does he get the idea that at any point in, uh, in, in the history of the Russosphere, uh, that irony was not a thing. My Maybe we God. can give him a little bit of a benefit of the doubt yeah. and note this was not published. Maybe yeah. this yeah. is itself ironic and it's just not landing yet. All right. Let's move on to the second paragraph. Speaking of landing, uh, when Comrade Communicator met uh, the uh, high commander uh, on that beach in Brighton that one time, uh, it may have been a very ironic experience. <laughs> but who's going to read the next part? I can do it. You want to do it? All right. Yeah, just go around. You want to go... Counter or clockwise from Andy? Okay. So, the base of the parties and humanity have almost the understanding of the political leadership of the parties. They have an immense understanding. Then, what motives can there be for irony, sarcasm, mockery, or absence of joy? This still results from the individual conduct, individualistic conduct of the leaders who impede the unification of the party in the joy of seeing that the part carries out a necessary human section that is necessary to go to power and that even electorally, it is necessary to take power by force. As the leaders have doubts, all these ironies appear. The leaders have constant doubt and insecurity. A party which proceeds in less than three years from declaring, this is not Chile, the French army will not lead to a Chile, and has had to change all these positions, shows that it cannot establish a joyful relation. It has to have, in its own thought and memory, motives of apprehension, preoccupation, and fear, and of change in routes. When the 25 capitalist countries attacked the Soviet Union, Lenin made more jokes than ever. The books of Lenin were full of jokes. Today, this is not necessary. Jokes have a more elevated sense than before, in the same way that music, art, relations change in accordance with the progress of history. This article on irony in France Nouvelle does not need the same level as the declarations of the Marquet, but arise from the relations which exist inside the French Communist Party. They are necessary changes in ideas, objectives, in the political conduct, and in the party. If the politics of the party was correct, the possibility for the concern shown in the article, why don't we laugh, would not arise. If the political line is just and is accepted, it determines the joy. When an article like this appears, it is because there is no such joy. It is a campaign of alarm, but taken with the isolated individualist conception. And what article is he referring to here exactly? There seem to have been a series of articles in 1976 in uh, French, uh, like the French Communist Party Theory Journal and in newspapers responding to the theory journal about 
uh, joy and humor and jokes within communism. And at least one of these articles was written by Etienne Balabar. Oh, interesting. I've heard that name before. Um, it's interesting he used this word joy. What I constantly, uh, what, what constantly comes up to me is the Freudian conception of pleasure, which um, I'm not sure if it's an issue of translation, but for the, the pleasure principle in Freud is not joyfulness, right? But it's actually like the accomplishment of some task, some necessity within oneself. So I'm not sure if Posadas is mixing those two conceptions together, but it seems like the joy that he's talking about isn't merely just yucks and laughs, that it, it's something kind of more, uh, deeper than that. It's, he's going to get into it more, but it's kind of a religious joy in this idea that you are a socialist, you are going to create a socialist world, socialism is coming, you don't have to be afraid of anything. Interesting. I, I would say that the joke or the joy in a in a good joke uh, is is tied to this idea of a sense of accomplishment. Honestly, b- because a lot of a lot of our humor is about making unexpected connections, and right. part of it is there's a combination of the surprise that produces an opening for joy and opens you for joy, but then there is also the joy of accomplishment, and the accomplishment is having made this connection. Right, and the accomplishment of a joke teller is to get the reaction of a joke. Yes, and that itself is also pleasure. Now, Comrade High Commander uh, says about jokes and socialism, I want to interject here in regards to this article, is that... Uh, this is specifically at how people laugh at us, how people laugh at Posadists, and we should not reject this. This is actually a good thing because laughing, uh, humor, laughter opens people up to ideas uh, in unexpected ways. Uh, we see this with the alt-right. Uh, at some point, you yes. had these kids, yeah, these kids making jokes about, ah, we're fascists today mm. on 4chan. The next day, they're, they're out there with the, the tiki torches and, and Pepe is now, uh, ha, you know, has, has, a, has a very unpleasant armband. Yeah, it goes from Pepe to Kekistan to, like, National Socialism. So maybe there is something to be said for seizing the memes of production. Oh, of course. Uh-huh. We, we're not, honestly, we use humor. Uh, and people think that that's all we are. We're not. But we don't mind that people think this yeah. because it makes them open to our ideas in ways they don't even know. Hell yeah. So maybe all those millennials are actually doing something kind of serious when they're sharing those uh, dank communist memes among themselves. Oh, it is not serious. And that's what's serious about it. Mm. You understand, comrade. Joy is not a state of spirit, but a conception of human relations. When joy is the product of a state of mind, it is ephemeral. It does not have to generate ideas to affirm, to cleanse, or to elevate ideas. And the essential basis of joy is not expressed in the joke, but in the relation of confidence of security in the object which achieves. Then a fraternity... I'm going to start that again. Hold on. i got to... Joy is not a state of spirit, but a conception of human relations. When joy is the product of a state of mind, it is ephemeral. It does not have to generate ideas to affirm, to cleanse, or to elevate ideas. And the essential basis of joy is not expressed in the joke, but in the relation of confidence of security in the objective, which achieves then a fraternal relation, seeking always to elevate the comrade, not just to win him. The discussion of irony shows a relationship. In the Soviet Union, our relations expressed in a joyful way. Brezhnev makes jokes, but he is not joyful. The face of Brezhnev is not joyful, but joking. It shows the superiority of the worker states compared to the capitalist system. But it does not show that its policy is correct. It was so his face would show youth. Youth is not expressed in the muscles, it is expressed above all in the eyes. Brezhnev was all about smizing. (laughs) Except you couldn't see it because uh, covered with the eyebrows. He's got better Davis eyes. (laughs) To finish up, the look of the eyes shows the profundity of the lie. The eyes show here directly the consciousness. The rest is a representative which is much further away. Clearly this is before uh, Brezhnev discovered whippets. No, but you, you know, Brezhnev joyful all the time. Brezhnev's tendency to joke, and particularly to collect uh, jokes that Soviet people told about him, uh, which wasn't known at the time, is is something that uh, you know 
people mostly nostalgic for their youth in the seventies these days are you know think kindly of Brezhnev. Yes, he was he was he was. Uh, socialism may not have had a human face, but uh, at least this guy did for <laughs> once, right? He was he was kind of a grumpy old ass, but. Uh, isn't it just, so really there's a historical precursor for when I go and look at all the angry comments that baby boomers left on my articles and then tweet them for everyone to enjoy along with me. And just parenthetically, too, it's, did it. He it's, loved it. It must be a product of the time. But like, you know, the real joyful communist was uh, fucking Khrushchev. I mean, the guy was a real fucking joker. He was hamming it up all the fucking time. Those mostly weren't jokes. That was just he was he was he was a very flamboyant out uh, there guy. But when he said I will bury you, it wasn't a joke. No, he was he was dead serious. <laughs> by the way, by the way, Brezhnev joke, Brezhnev joke. I don't know if, if the audience will get this. As very a former quick. Soviet yeah, go ahead. It's a very qu- <laughs> you've outed me. Um <laughs> So there's there's this uh, famous uh, painting of the uh, voluntary Saturday laborers carrying logs, uh, and uh, and uh, it was it was a thing at the time to just insert the current leader into everything, and and uh, you know uh, the uh, teacher asked a question, where is uh, where is Leonid? What the hell his name his father's name Ovich was uh, in this picture? Where is he in this picture? And the kid looks and says, what? Oh that. That 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 log uh, must have grown huge eyebrows. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mangled it, but that's basically yeah. the joke. Sh- shall we continue? Sorry. Some Yakov Shmirnov shit right there. In Soviet Russia, <laughs> God, I do the uh, nasty thing with you. <laughs> oh, wait, in you don't the, do that here? Oh, in the in the pill box. In the oh no, that's Albanian Yakov Shmirnov. Hey hey hey! Sorry. Stop 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 <laughs> making stop making goat sex jokes about Albania. That's racist. It's okay about the Russians though. Okay. <laughs> so, shall we continue? Go on. The eyes represent the mind directly. Afterwards, the word comes out. But the word is much further away because it is the product of deductions. The look also. When there is security to fellow objectively the experience of history and is a motive of pure joy, the junta of assassins in Chile produces and required analysis, deduction of what happened, but not insecurity. In the absence of insecurity, there is not motive to stop being joyful. I think about that one for a second. Sadness has been evacuated from human relations. For humanity, sadness does not exist because now it understands how it can progress, how it can advance, that it has all the necessary qualities to advance, that it is a problem of historic conditions which to life. Okay? There is no <laughs> sadness. War is a consequence of private property. It is not a mystery, nor an evil of nature or of the cosmos, but a product of human relations, which humanity feels it can change now. What motive is there not to be joyful and not to make jokes in meetings? It is necessary to make jokes, which tend to elevate the intelligence to understand. The joke must simplify the explanation. This is the function of the joke. The joke aimed at the enemy must be made to diminish its historic perspective, even considering that it has arms. Hence the jokes that we make on the capitalist layers aimed to diminish their importance without stopping to consider that they have arms, that they continue, and that they are still going to cause disaster to humanity. Oof, there's a lot there. Andy, can you unpack that for us? Uh, Yeah, we're we're making jokes, even though the situation is, is very grave. But despite the gravity of the situation, the impending nuclear war, uh, World War III, we know that the outcome is going to be socialism because the masses want socialism. And World War III, as bad as it's going to be, will just clear the way for them to create socialism. And, and is he saying there's something productive in, like, uh, trolling the uh, capitalists and, like, getting lulls out of them? Yeah, definitely. We're, we're, uh, we're lambasting the, the absurdity of the capitalist system. Wow. Yeah. So this is like posting. Like, he was a real but poster, Posadas. Whenever somebody gets mad at me for voting for Jill Stein and calls me an accelerationist because I'm, like, hurting working class people by not casting my vote in New York against Trump. I'm just going to direct them to uh, the work of Posadas and say like, oh, well, (laughs) you think I'm willing to make working class people suffer for the end goals of (laughs) communism? Just wait until I tell you about thermonuclear war. Well, speaking of suffering, I mean, I think it might be you that's able to bridge the divide between the DSA Posadas caucus and the DSA goth caucus. Mm. Because what are the two about except suffering? It's true. 
All right, speaking of suffering, I'll move on here. Uh, <laughs> the relations the, of the joy. The listeners are suffering. Oh, yes, go it's on. It's just like Passover. <laughs> just be can't joyful. handle it. The relations Can of I have joy some Manischewitz? The relations of joy must tend to elevate the intelligence, and the jokes must give security of the objective. The joke must express security. You know, like Hegel, everything comes back with, with Posadas. You hear it a few times. Not the competence of one or the other. Hence, we try to show the capitalist leaders as the buffoons of history. <laughs> Hell yeah. Because in spite of all the arms which they have, they do not have historic perspective. Uh, just real quick, uh, if the capitalist, uh, the capitalists are the buffoons of history, just I want to th- throw out one name, Elon Musk. Just that, that's it. <laughs> There's a lot of buffoons. Yeah. The you know jokes, what? Trump? You're Come a on. pedophile. <laughs> the jokes which we make to the communist comrades, the left groups, and the sections of the left in general are fraternal jokes, which do not tend to diminish their importance or capacity, but to contain the errors which they are making. Hashtag brochialism. <laughs> Can you stop doing that? All right. <laughs> this must be the character of the jokes which it is necessary to make. Not mockery nor irony. All irony is this is in this stage in the left of the party reflects insecurity from whatever source it comes and when it is expressed systematically. It is a global insecurity and lacks only the occasion to be expressed in activity. Let's keep it going. Sarcasm and mockery do not always and everywhere mean a sea of insecurity. But it must mean a method which, anyway, is very limited and superficial. On the other, and the lack of joy showed insecurity. What the <laughs> hell did I just read? Spangle. It was Spangle. This Go needs on. a copy editor. I, this needs a retranslation. Read any Posadas newspaper. It's available on Marxist.org. This is how Posadas writes. You know what? I don't think... I think it's how Posadas is translated. I have to say... It, read it in it's said right off the get that like uh, it's like untranslatable. I th- that, that's the quote that he gave. I think I think he, they just didn't have any good translators. You know, to be honest, I am just glad that Posadas today are not like, say, you know, Maoists and like various people who are into like French theory, which is to say they just tailor their English to bad translations from the Chinese and the French. <laughs> yeah. That we Posadas don't try to write like the bad translations of Posadas. Let me just Wait, didn't back. you translate this, Andy? No. Uh, oh, okay. So this came translated by uh, the RWPT. Revisionists. Um, I may have made some typos <laughs> in, in typing it up from the document to here. But a lot of the grammatical stuff you will see even in the original Spanish mm. Posadas texts because he did not write. He spoke into a recorder and a secretary wrote it down. Verbatim. So this is him talking. And then when it was translated, it could not be copy edited. Only he could copy edit it. Damn. So mm. everything he wrote uh, from like 1959 on sounds like this. <laughs> and it's like the 10th the step in the game of telephone. So and Andy did nothing wrong. This is direct. No, it's not a game of telephone. This is this is Posadas. <laughs> no, this is like this is like the the thirteenth step in AA because this is driving me to something. <laughs> <laughs> All right, go on, go. On. The lack of a solid scientific knowledge of history. Uh, see, the, the pause didn't hurt anything. That's a fragment. <laughs> in the, all of these are. In the FCP, they are discussing the elimination of the dictatorship of the proletariat without theoretical or political basis. It is a disposition determined by power, not by necessity, intelligence, or reason. Now, hold on a goddamn second. Who is trying to eliminate the dictatorship of the proletariat, or as we like to call it on this show, Dick Prol. Who was... (laughs) Don't say that word. Who was calling for the abolition of the conception of Dick Prol? The FCP. Communist Party. Wow, that's that's fucked up. How dare they? What else is new, though? What else is new? Pepe's ruined everything. I mean, this is the beginning of Eurocommunism, right? This is when Eurocommunism Uh, begins to split from the Soviet Union and go in a social democratic direction. I mean, I'm... All right, Dick this is Prohl. not even controversial. Yeah, D- Dick Prohl is important, but you know what? We'll, we'll move on. Um, Richard Prohl. <laughs> to continue. <laughs> Reason is an instrument of opinion. But if the, in- <laughs> if the intelligence does not lead to reason, it is going to allow itself to be stimulated without bad intent by whatever immediately under its noise... 
It employs meaning <laughs> like no, mockery, irony, and joy flows. Let me say that again. <laughs> it employs meaning like mockery, irony, and joy flows. Before joy was expressed as in paintings, in drinking, eating, and in the fiestas. Afterwards, oi, with the history of class struggle, showed that as the level of human relations advanced, the base of joy developed. Oi, governor. <laughs> <laughs> Let's develop the base of joy, shall we? Oh, blimey. Okay, so noise should have been nose, but uh, okay. a lot of, I think oi was actually in there. and uh, uh, never, I believe ju- it. Just leave it. It's perfect the way Andy, it is. Andy, don't let these guys mess with you. You've made Posadas more Posadas. <laughs> this is Posadism for regular ass people, okay? We have no use for grammar or meaning. Don't, don't let... Uh, don't <laughs> sorry, go on. The jo- <laughs> I'm deeply sorry to like the seven remaining Posadas. <laughs> if they paid to hear this, I'm Look, really sorry. This document was right under your noise, and you could not produce <laughs> it. <laughs> That's noisome. <laughs> Let's listen to some Einstein the noise about. Sorry, go on, go on. I want to go bull. <laughs> the joke can express joy, but the joke is not an instrument of intelligence. The joke is a diversion of the intelligence, even if the jokes are intelligent. (sighs) Try to wrap your head around that. It is a diversion to elevate an insufficient insufficient relation. When the relation is sufficient, the joke is not necessary. The joke does not have the present level. Mm. The joke is in the comparison. The insufficient of the means, there lies the origin of the jokes. It is the human stimulus which comes from epochs, epochs of ignorance to bases of security or progress. This is expressed in the party. This is like Trotskyist Mad Libs. <laughs> <laughs> no, but here, here he's taking the piss out of uh, out of out of friggin' Zizek. Like, right? Half of his half of his stuff, at least you know, in his public speaking, is is basically a slightly trumped up Russian reversal. <laughs> when in Soviet Russia, no, it's more like what if the opposite went through? <laughs> you know, that's a Russian reversal. It's a Slovenian reversal, actually. Mm. It's the Yakov Shmirnov move. Classic. And it is necessary to feel the infinite joy, the decision of the Bolsheviks that they were animated to construct a new society. It is necessary to have a real drive to do this in a very backward country of Europe, without anything smashed. By the way. They took the power and say it is necessary to impel the taking of power in Germany and in Poland. And they did not have any no- they did not have enough to eat. There is a motive of joy, although it is not expressed in phrases or in words, in behavior. Only with the infinite joy could this be done. Anyone who thought of themselves could not do this is reduced to sadness. I'm reduced to sadness. <laughs> Poetry in motion is like the magnets on the fridge. Right? I don't know. I, I'm getting something out of this, but I don't. I don't agree with a lot of it, to be honest. Uh, you can't agree with Posadas and this everything. This is your boy. No, well, you know, I, I, I think, I think he was. He had the wrong line of on humor. Uh, well, maybe he'll win you over with the next paragraph. Probably. Every individualist and superficial person is sad and cannot have security. That's a good point. Have you met a comedian? (laughs) This is the basis of sadness. Have you met a comedian? Mm -hmm. It does. Piece of shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It it does not have a direct relation, Uh, but yet it is related. Take the children; they're joyful. Hell yeah. Yeah. Fun, fun, like, have you ever met a child? <laughs> Ch- children are joyful in front of Treat you, old man. Your children well. <laughs> raise them in communism. I hated being a child. I'm much more joyful bring now. bring the dick pole. I miss it, but it sucked. Um, <laughs> they pass from a vehement moment of protest to an immediate joy. What? Oh, you, you mean like babies. Uh, that still doesn't make any sense. All the children are like this. For someone who was preoccupied with children, uh, all the children... <laughs> he didn't even fuck. Mm-hmm. Oh, he, he had one kid. He had one kid. He had, he had like he two had, kids. He had two many kids. children, and uh, the, the star child, Omarita, was... Uh, 
two years old at this point. Oh, there's a star child <laughs> waiting in the sky. Are you going to get hit with copyright now? Uh, oh. That's fine. Don't worry. And, we already got our shit ticket done. I'm going to go to the the, uh, the next sentence. Let yeah. all the children boogie. Uh, all the chi- <laughs> <laughs> I mean, all the children are like this because they have not accumulated nor organized the inadequate faculties of human relations. Have you read Freud? Also, uh, they're locked in the basement of a pizza restaurant. <laughs> Oh man! See, pizza. Yeah, Pizza Gate. The real scandal was Pizza Gat. What? When the dude came in with the gun. Too soon. Nobody died. It's fine. It's fine. It's not like he did a nine eleven joke yet. <laughs> yeah, but but you know. yeah, it's not like an entire country took credit for doing nine eleven on Twitter, and everyone was like, "Oh, that was weird." Yeah. Let's just cool it with the jokes until we analyze this piece. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Their smile—that's that children, not pizza gators—comes uh, from the depth, not the organization of the sentiment. You know, that's only because they can't talk That's that you think this. Uh, This is, I remember being a kid, this is wrong. I remember being a kid who pooped his pants, this is wrong. And that was funny uh, back then. Uh, This is humanity. Humanity will be like this. It arises... Humanity be like... No, humanity, we're going to be like kids. We're going to be like children. Yeah, there's something there. We we can learn from the children, but you don't understand children, Juan. Uh, No, humanity be like, I'm going to shit my pants. I... You know, I, that's I, what's up. That's one of my earliest memories: is shitting my pants and realizing that I shouldn't have done that, and wondering if I should tell someone. Uh, that's my life right there. Uh, personal yeah. with comrade communicators. Hey, that's that's a special content, you know. It, it's, it's patrons only, man. Yeah. That's right. That's right. It's this is not premium for nothing. If this is your kink, you're getting it today. Our uh, scatological fans will enjoy this. Scatological. <laughs> um, it it come it arises it comes Freudian slip it arises from their bones <laughs> the very the very marrow of their bones from their cement of human relations the basis of joy and also of humor mad deep mad deep I'm gonna do it do it do it the joke will disappear in twenty or thirty years jokes will be old-fashioned. Joke's on you, Posadas. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, Who's laughing now, Juan? <laughs> Too soon. Who's laughing now, Juan? They do not have to exist. <laughs> Jokes apparently don't have to exist. They are the result of the relations of private property to conquer difficulties, to mock, to struggle, to dispute. Afterwards, the function of humor was elevated with the class struggle. Nothing's funnier than la lutte de classe, you know? Uh, anyways, the historic origin of the joke, of irony, of sarcasm, comes from the regime of private property. Mm, histomat. The, the formation of the use of private property, of power, of the apparatus, of groups, of leadership. In its origin, the joke is a defense. Afterwards, it develops in conception. Okay, so he doesn't think that there were, like, hunter-gatherers living the life out there and, like, one of them got gored by a mammoth that day or some (laughs) shit and they're just, like, trying to make the best of it using humor. Like gallows, mammoth humor, as they called it. They didn't have gallows. They didn't have gallows. That was the uh, advancement of their society. They were better than us in that way. But, yeah, as as, uh, Neolithic uh, Mel Brooks says, uh, you know, uh, I, I I cut my finger on a mammoth tusk. That's tragedy. Uh, you you walk into a, a, a cave and and fall through a through a hole and die. That's comedy. That's farce. That's right. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Absolutely. I mean, we can we can trace a lot back to the advent of private property, but I really don't think jokes is one of them. I feel like it was like a constant fucking like Reddit. Back, you know, when the hunter-gatherers were around, I feel like they oh, were God. just fucking constantly shit-posting all over yeah, each that, other. Those were the first cave drawings. Yeah. Like, uh, yep. Just shit-posts. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know, the, the, only way, the only way that Posadas could possibly be right if farting was invented, uh, like, sometime in the 1700s. Because, come on. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. Someone farts. It's funny. It's always it's been always the case. It's always been funny. That's the funniest joke is one you don't make with your mouth. Let's give him a chance. All right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I think they found the first uh, cave drawing was uh, ancient Sanskrit for yo mama. <laughs> There's a really important critique of fashion in this next paragraph. All right, oh. all right. It's very important, yep. Okay, I'll read it. 
The apparatuses do not have confidence in the capacity or in the intelligence of people. They have no confidence. Mm -mm. And the duty of the party is to do this, to elevate the capacity of the people, to prepare the conditions to elite every form of apparatus and power. This is the function of the party. The lack of confidence in whether humanity is capable of doing means... uh, Oh, okay. The lack of confidence (laughs) in whether humanity is capable of doing this maybe means the perpetuation of every form of relations based on power, diminishing the levels, but keeping power in the form of categories. The leaders wear the tie, which is necessary. The tie is a residue of capitalist regime. It expresses no capacity, but the relations impose the solemnity of capitalism. It is absurd. A meeting of communists with a tie. For real. Yeah. Take that, platypus. <laughs> take a lot of things, platypus. I mean, does that that basically makes us, if we take that to heart, that makes us all Maoist, right? Because the Mao, he had the Mao suit for a reason, right? He loved, uh, Posadas loved Mao. Did he, he really? He wasn't a Maoist. He wasn't a, a pro-Chinese, as he would say. But he was he was a big fan of Chinese, Chinese communism. But, because like uh, they they purposefully the Mao suit was a thing right to not have like the bourgeois decadent Western yeah that and the tie. nukes might have been the reason yeah no. that's fair all right so here's what that's else that's a is misfit absurd. song right the it nukes are the reason that Kennedy's dead sorry go on it is absurd that in the the stage of fourteen worker states Posadas believed that there was fourteen worker states most Trotsky has said like ten to twelve. He had a bunch of extra ones. He was optimistic. There is a discussion that the party has to be joyful. Joy does not come through speaking in joyful form. Joy is conditional. Joy for what? The bourgeois with cash is joyful. (laughs) The joy in the party must be that which shows the progress of struggle to eliminate every form of human exploitation. Hell yeah. Anarchist Posadas. (laughs) To achieve the understanding, the experience... uh, to unify the common will to communicate the experiences. Mm. This is the base of joy. Base superstructure. I'm going to read one more. See how in Vietnam they overcome all the consequences of economic backwardness, mm. as in countries like Mozambique and Angola, <laughs> they proceed from semi-feudal regimes to eliminate directly inequality of wages and to struggle for human dignity. This is a motive for joy. This is the most complete basis for joy because it is aimed to eliminate the obstacles which prevent the human being from being intelligence and every Ooh. form of social differentiation of part of category of bosses hinders the development of intelligence. Thus, joy is not the form of speaking. It is the behavior, the relations, and the object for which the party is dedicated. Joy does not arise through one or the other fact. It is a state of understanding and intelligence, which afterwards develops in all tasks. There are some moments more transcendent than others, but in this stage of history, there is no doubt that socialism cannot be objected to and that now the triumph of humanity is assured. Let's close this out. This means the elimination of every form of indignity, of exploitation, of spite, of war, to eliminate every human confrontation. It is the most complete motive for joy in which it is possible to see the perspective of the past from today and from tomorrow with the joy of seeing that we have been capable of reaching this stage and overcoming, overcoming all, all the problems. The problems. All Boom. the problems. Nailed it. Boom. <laughs> Jay Posadas, QED, bitches, 1976. I, I got to I have to I want to I know I'm not the host here, but I want to ask a question. How do you comrades think humor will be different after the revolution? Ooh, good question. More fart jokes. Okay. Humor might be uh, it might get a little boring when life is less fucked up, you know, like I feel like a lot of humor comes out of suffering. Yeah, so true. maybe humor itself would suffer. It's possible. It's like uh, a funny thing happened on the way to the free automated uh, luxury goods uh, distribution factory the other day. I went there. I stood online for five minutes and I got everything I needed in order to like survive another day. Uh, it's not a joke.
there, there's one thing that really annoys me um, about uh, this, this starting off like a stand-up comedy joke, but in the way people approach stand-up comedy, where they think that if something is funny, that it means it's true. Like Louis C.K., for instance, uh, is such a thing in like bro culture to to be like, oh, Louis C.K. He's like a philosopher <laughs> um, because he, you know. He's very funny. He's stick like, out constantly. I know. Yeah, I mean, if we that, that wasn't funny, yeah, but some was... of his jokes were funny. Yeah. Uh, but people act like because they're laughing, that means it's true. So, with like this, like this is, I think, how shock jock humor of like Opie and Anthony became uh, like the basis for the alt right. That if if you think something is funny, that means that it's valid. That means there's something true about it, and that's not the case. Like, Never if heard that funny, one before. That doesn't mean it's true. It means you know. Like someone can be funny and not true. That's like a huge part of humor. And, That's and, what and the things that people find funny are very much socially determined, right. right? By different power structures and what's considered acceptable and what's not. Like there are definitely people who would laugh at like a fat joke or an ableist joke who would hear a racist joke and think that that's not okay. Right. Well, what's For funny good, about it yeah. is you're struggling in your minds between like the part of you that knows it's not okay to laugh at a joke like that. And the part of you that thinks, like, like even when we're reading this, you know, are we laughing at Posadas? You know, are we laughing with him? We're laughing like, at his translators. inappropriate? <laughs> uh, well, there's, like, this sort of joke that, uh, like, uh, Comrade uh, Communicator was saying before, um, surprises you. And you get that joy from, like, somebody twisting, you know, flipping something on its head. You know, something that, that we assumed was going to happen and then it's not going to happen. But then there's this sort of observational humor thing where it's like, you know, when you're on an airplane and then this thing happens, which is a different form of humor, which sort of like encapsulates the human experience in a way that, you know, maybe we didn't recognize immediately, but we realized the absurdity of. And those are two kind of different ways of, of humor, you know? I think I think the two are related because we're talking about an unexpected way of seeing the mundane. It okay. kind of sneaks up on you in, in, in a lot of those jokes. So you know, I'm, I'm willing I'm willing to be argued out of it. But I have to I have to say this is this is this is the thing. You, you all talking about this? It's like I think I think that after the revolution, even when life is good, there will still be things that don't make sense. Mm. There will still be things that surprise us. And I suspect that at least until we move entirely to direct telepathic communication, the English language will still make no sense, and that's the source of a lot of our a lot of our humor. Uh, but but I, I think I think it'll the, the humor might be as different uh, in in many ways as as the uh, society itself. But I, I think I think I think it'll be still it'll still be there, and if it's not, if there's nothing no nothing unexpected that happens anymore. Uh, I think that might be, uh, if, if that is true, it might be an indication that uh, we need to change something. Before we, we get to the end of this, and, and I want to actually make some perhaps, uh, not predictive claims, but tr- try to like tease us out about what communism might produce in terms of humor. Um, let's sort of try and all of us figure out what Posadas is trying to say in terms of jokes and joy and humor uh, within the project of the formation of proletarian resistance and the party. You know, what's his, what's his ultimate takeaway here? It's hard to tell, really. Andy, I mean, you're the one that studied uh, Jay the most. Uh, what, what, do you, what do you get from this? Well, like I said, this idea that you should be joyful in your political practice because you know there's going to be a revolution as bad as things might be as uh as a gloomy as the prospect might be you know you might think like wait a second i'm in a sect with led by a crazy man and uh (laughs) nobody everyone just makes fun of us because he wrote an essay about aliens and he's uh, a ball cell eight years ago uh but socialism is going to happen and we're going to be a part of it so just be happy and have faith in that it was a cult in that regard. Mm. So that's, that's one element of it. And another element of it is saying that in socialism, these contradictions, all the contradictions that we understand life through right now um, that you know, are based on the class contradiction are going to be gone. So when we're so the French Communist Party are like debating about like jokes and irony and like should we be more joyful or whatever. But the this shows like the limits of their conception of socialism because in the future we're not going to have any of this stuff and he even says in this text there's not going to be any confrontation 
he's he's envisioning a socialism where there's no more struggle mm. is the absolute uh reconciliation of subject and object it is the end of history it is a completely unitary timeless conflictless smooth socialism mm. Pure uh, yeah I, so I, I he loses know. me there it, like uh, uh yeah go on babe I don't know if even the most utopian among us, um, comrade communicator, perhaps accepted. Uh, I don't. I don't even. I don't know if. I mean, I'm fairly utopian, and I certainly don't believe that all struggle whatsoever will be eliminated under communism. You know, there's still going to be. Uh, some people are still going to be more attractive than others. Some yeah. people are still going to be awkward and weird and have trouble making friends. Some people are going to have trouble figuring out what it is they want to do in life, not for money, but just for their own personal fulfillment. Right. So, it, like, yeah. the mental illness is still going to exist. Yeah. Uh, I mean, all, all these different things, like... And, like, it's not going to be easy, probably, to, like, organize this uh, worker state, you know, unless we have some, like, great leap in technological advances or the space comrades come and solve the problem of the environment for us. Like, it's still going to be fucking difficult, but we're going to be working for ourselves and each other. So that's what's going to make it better. Yeah, I was going to say, like, um, you know, even if these sort of, like, structural conflicts don't exist anymore, the con conflicts between classes conflicts between states between ethnicities you know the gender conflict that's engendered through patriarchy right even if all these structural conflicts are gone like uh, i don't know if i'm being really pessimistic like doesn't that mean that all the kind of individual conflicts that we have could potentially be even more serious like you know, fuck you, you, you know, uh, know. you know what I mean? Like, um, some people are still going to be jerks. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Like egos, like you got all this, you got all this free time. You have like abundance and like, you know, people are going to be petty and shitty and stupid. You're going to hopefully set up like some sort of mode of production that keeps that to a minimum. But like, I still feel like individual, like animus towards like human beings is going to socialism where they're, weren't individuals anymore there was no egotism as he calls it he basically believed in a singularity although maybe not a technological Ooh. singularity maybe also maybe he believed in a technological singularity so we're but all this, just this like hive mind walking around in different bodies yeah this has its basis in biocosmism whether he read it or not they believed in the materialist singularity yeah. in which technology and humanity fuse that contradiction is gone and mm. there's no longer these political questions so to bring it back to star trek it's like like borg life uh, borg borg life you know well like the cosmos uh posadas comes from a christian tradition uh cosmism it was it was uh functionally a secular uh christian apocalypse uh Mm. the uh founder of uh the school, uh, Fedorov, uh, was uh, a kind of a Russian Orthodox uh, pre-revolutionary thinker, a contemporary of uh, Dostoevsky and, uh, and of Tolstoy, and a sometime correspondent with both of them. And he basically sought to make uh, the promises of Christianity, of eternal life and all of that stuff, uh, material uh, possibility and and to describe it as such and and you you could see a lot of this in Posadas not even taken from the cosmos but its own stuff as Andy said earlier uh, his conceptions of joy and all of that uh, but but I would I would the one thing I want to add before the uh, big cane comes and pulls me off the stage um, <laughs> and we go to the uh, and, back up and to we the go sky. to the bowling party yes yes yes, yes. Is, is is that is that a society that is absolutely without conflict to the point where you jokes can't exist is not i wouldn't say that's even utopian i'd say that's outright dystopian uh and 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 i will i will say that uh we we look to the great science fiction writers uh uh jamie mentioned le guin earlier uh in in the the podcast of the supplement uh uh uh, the dis uh, i want to mention the dispossessed and that book is very much about what what happens in a society after class conflict oh yeah Uh, but scarcity remains not just not just this is this is even more essential what is the conflict the conflict is no longer between classes and and what it clears the way once you have the conflict between the bourgeoisie and the proletariat swept off the historical stage what is what remains is the conflict between the individual and the society Mm. and like how to make the best communist society right because a lot of different i don't know if you guys know this lots of people have lots of different ideas about that and I don't think they're going to be resolved 
anytime soon, even once we get rid of capitalism. I mean, in, it seems like Posadas, as much as uh, he might be this sort of touch point for this conception of like a communist futurism that is not just a, a complete like Stalinist fucking hellhole. Uh, this conception that humanity can pass through these ecological political crises, you know, not only intact, but also create something beautiful and potentially transhuman and potentially intergalactic. Um, you know, what Posadas really represents is, uh, is a very forward thinking idea of where humanity can go. But the actual Posadas, as we read right here, you know, it's a pretty dour guy. Like, you know, the the joy, the humor is going to go away. Like, you know, no fucking. No, there's going to be joy no just eating. without the humor. Yeah, okay, great. It's going to be pure joy. <laughs> just, just like, I didn't like being I mean, laughed at. But that, that's like, that's like, no a, protein. that's like a prelapsarian, I think that the term is, is, is called. And like, you know, a lot of the things that he's talking about eliminating under communism, like eating and sex and like, jokes are like the things that make life worth living so maybe like as far as we like we go with Posadas over here oh fuck you as far as we can go with Posadas and and his idea uh and I certainly agree that we should not jettison Dick uh Dick Prohl uh you know as a concept you know I think that we should maybe look at these sort of ascetic notions of uh communist future and uh maybe critique them as we look towards a better future with the space comrades yeah i mean i think it speaks to a larger discomfort with humanity that i also see in right-wing libertarians like elon musk um the people who are in most interested in transhumanism <coughs> He's a socialist. now yeah. oh yeah right horseshoe theory um are not <laughs> communists but right libertarians and it, it, it speaks to this like sort of uh this culture of being an awkward nerd of not feeling like you're fully a part of something and wanting to transcend sort of the uncomfortable parts of being human where most of us i mean speaking only for myself like i like being a human like it's weird it's hard it's awkward sometimes it's painful it's shitty but it's also very joyful it's fun it's funny (laughs) on my facebook page uh, i uh like published a vision i had of uh uh, of 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 the future after the revolution and functionally i saw myself in a whale body moving through the sea uh in in order to make a trip to a village of humans who chose to remain as they were now i was i was in many ways still human but my senses were expanded i had an immortal uh, 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 infinitely malleable body and though i didn't talk about this uh, in in the writing uh, my super genital that was wonderful uh, so i i have to say that that kind of either either it's musk or or the borg there is a middle mm. ground to transhumanism so, and so maybe by offering people more options for their bodies right for their physical selves you're actually honoring the brain inside of the body which is what makes us really human in my opinion if it is the brain, we we don't we don't know, or no. the soul, or whatever you want to call it. You I've, know, I've I've seen on the, have you heard on the internet? There's this theory that pee is stored in the balls. <laughs> I have a theory that it's all stored in the balls. Consciousness, everything. No, not not really. But what about know. the ovaries? Think of the ovaries. Yeah, that's that's just that's just that's just another kind of balls. <laughs> they're they're round. They're there, but balls is a funnier word. They're Balls both gonads. They're both gonads. Yeah. Go, gonads. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that's 